Powered through the Alaska Airline Studios. This is Bump and Stacy on Seattle Sports. Streaming through the Seattle Sports app. Now, here are your hosts, Michael Bumpus and Stacy Ross. Here we go now. Coming up at 10:30, we will stream Gino's press conference. Gino Smith speaking with reporters after re-signing with the Seattle Seahawks. He'll be speaking in addition to John Schneider and Pete Carroll, so we'll take you guys there live to that press conference. Then stick around because coming up up at 11.30. You can hear Smith live right here on Bump and Stacy. And Bump, I was thinking about this yesterday. I was writing out some questions for Gino. And, um, you know, my uh, my friend was helping me and I was like, hey, you know, some, I'm trying to think of good questions. And she was like, what about like, you know, what's your favorite athlete? Or like, do you like Russell? And I was like, while I would love to ask him these questions, unfortunately, okay. I won't. Um, <laughs> I do, though, hope that during this interview, we can get a quotable moment. Because let me tell you what. Doing all this promotion for Geno Smith's interview, I can't <laughs> help but like stumble across the I ain't right back though quote a Gino's million a times. Dude, the bars. What was the one he had about like <laughs> pointing my, my uh, pointing a finger? Or yeah, or in there he's like my my dreams are like or my nightmares are everybody's dreams or something like that. I think like, I think wow. that's what it is. Yeah. Gino Gino had bars all year long. And then what was the one about pointing? He was like, I'm not a, a, I don't, I'm not a finger, I'm, I'm, I'm like a, a thumb, thumb back, he's thumb a guy. guy, yeah, I don't point, I point, I point back at myself. So, Gino joining us at at eleven thirty, and then we're gonna tune into that press conference to uh, to just kind of hear the uh, not introductory, but to hear the initial uh, official announcement of of everything going on there. So you guys will hear from Gino twice, uh, and uh, we'll see if uh, when we get him on, we can have a little fun, a little more fun than a stuffy press conference so very excited for these bump how's your day going how's your morning morning's good we got gino I'm gonna listen to gino <laughs> i'm gonna talk seahawks Kraken did their thing yeah mariners Mar- it's a good day it's a good day <laughs> it's a good day yeah mariners mariners back at it oh that reminds me you guys there oh was go this- cougs by the way my bad Say yeah again. How- oh, go cougs i'm so glad that you reminded us <laughs> of of our cougs you know what i mean i've never understood why all huskies are just you know you can't support there's nothing more fun than saying go cougs Stacey, come on, You man. can't get mad at me this early. Bump, it's 10.03. You're pushing it now. It's 10.03 in the morning. two. You took three. Go Cougs. <laughs> <laughs> I can't help it. I can't help it. I, I went to UW, but nothing is more fun. It just rolls off the tongue. I'm so envious that you just got to say, you, get, you guys like pass each other in a Fred Meyer and just, hey, go Cougs. Like I see it happen all the time. I, I feel like I'm on the outside looking in. Like if you could imagine like someone standing inside of a home with their hand up to the window looking outside and rain's pelting on the glass and they're just crying. That's me every time I see Cougs greeting each other in real life because they're just so happy. And no matter where it is, you could be like the, the judge sending someone to prison. And if both of you were, you know, like Cougs, you're just, hey, your sentence, unfortunately, go Cougs, though. <laughs> like, I swear that would happen. You done now? Okay. Are you done now? I'm done. I'm done. I'm done now. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's let's uh, let's talk a bit about uh, not only uh, Gino's return to Seattle, which we've covered plenty, but some of what we're excited to learn from him, whether it's in this press conference, whether it's coming up with us at 1130. Bump, we had our reaction to Gino coming back to Seattle. Now the next step is, okay, well, Gino, how do you get better? How do you improve? He wants to, but where does he start? Man, he said it himself, right? I'll be much better next year. I saw a top 10, Geno's top 10 throws the other day. Mm-hmm. I think it was on NFL's Twitter. It was mm-hmm. ridiculous. You forget how many dimes that he dropped out there. How can it be better? Text lines will tell you second half of the season, turn oh, the football easy. over, right? Take care of the football a bit more. And I think 
he's been through that. He's been through a part of the year where he felt like he had to do more than what was actually needed for him to do. But that's just the pressure that a quarterback feels because he's the face of the program, especially now with him being paid as much as he is being paid now. Um, he might feel a little, more, a little more pressure. So, But how can he get better to take care of the football, be that guy that we saw the first six, seven, eight games and not the guy that we saw where there's two and, and back-to-back multiple games we turn the football over? Take care of the rock. If he can take care of the rock and just do what he did last year, mm-hmm. Hawks will be all right. So – I don't think that the Seahawks need to make a ton of improvement on offense. Like, I know that they didn't finish as a top five unit, but I think that they have a lot of pieces. And when I think of, like, what's going to help the offense most, I think adding to the defense, right? Rounding right. out the defense, making it to where your offense can make mistakes, that there's no pressure to constantly uh, to constantly be able to score because you know that you might have another shot pretty soon. Um, but that doesn't mean that there aren't improvements, you and I and plenty of other people have talked endlessly about adding a center. But if, you know, if you're bringing back Gino, is is there a way to build around Gino? Like, I know Gino's not 22, you know what I mean? But it, it's almost like, well, this is an investment for you. I wouldn't say build around. I would say, like, reinforce. Reinforce. That's support. a good way to say it. Because you already have your guy there. You know it's not going to be there for long. He's been in the league for a little bit already. Uh, too old to build around. But, yeah, I would use reinforce. Reinforce that offensive line. Yeah. Reinforce that defensive <laughs> line. Reinforce that linebacker crew. If you can do that, then it does something for the belief of a football team. And I think that's what people don't realize sometimes, too, is that when your guy is out, you know your chances <laughs> to win are slim. When Jordan Brooks went down, a mood changed with that defense for sure. When Russell went down last year, a mood changed for that four-game stretch, not just with the people, the spectators, with the people on the team. You still believe you can do it, yeah. but you know it's going to be a bit more difficult. So reinforce my man Gino. It all starts with the big boys. Uh, the entire text line, by the way, Mac and Jack's text line saying go Cougs right now. I have no idea if they're all Cougs, but I've started <laughs> something special, I think. Um, and then I was told by someone, I was in Cancun last week and I seen a Coug and said go Cougs. It's the best. That's the thing. There's no equivalent for Huskies. I can't walk by, hey, go dogs. You're going to be like, oh, you went to Georgia? Like, you just, there's too many schools. There's too many things. You know what I'm uh, like? Well, we I, am, I am a proud UW alum. However, it's just a slightly yeah, different a culture. Yeah. yeah. It's just yeah. a slight. Dude, how many BYU people pass each other in Cancun? Let's be real. <laughs> Not many. They were probably kicked out of school and just decided to keep the gear. I'm just saying, if I have to choose the, the BYU Cougs or the, the Wazoo Cougs who are in Cancun, I think that one of those schools is probably overrepresented. There's another one. Houston? University of Houston? They're also the Cougs. Yeah. Ah, Houston's good. Yeah, I... Uh, I just, I can't help it, Bump. I will stop saying it because I'm your friend and I support you and your wishes, but I want you to know I'm thinking it. Okay. <laughs> you can think it. Great. You just got to chill for like a couple of weeks. You've been at it pretty tough. You I know. know I, mean? I don't mean to. Someone said sympathy to you, Bump. Someone else said Stacy makes it sound so slimy. <laughs> Sorry. Because it's I not am... natural. What do you know? mean it's not natural? It's Goku's? not natural for you to say it. What, it is even natural. The, it feels the good. the face that you make Goku's? when you say oh, it. Oh, I do like a sideways yeah. grin. Like if Drew Barrymore said Goku's, like Goku's. Uh, it's like when you say something and you wink at the person. It's like, what? Why'd you wink? Like, <laughs> have you some, guys, there's a hidden meaning behind this. What is the most cringeworthy attempt you guys have ever made to look cool and what happened? Look cool? I was in a summer camp and we had a dance routine and I was the lead dancer up front. And I'm, uh, uh, hitting it, hitting it. Girl I like is in the front. No! Your boy threw up. No! Your boy threw up. No. Yes. I was trying to be so Out cool. of nerves? No, nah, it was the yogurt that I ate, and then you went on a little spinny thing course, at playtime, 
It messed me all up. Thought I was cool. So I you were hitting the moves, and all of a sudden you were like, I'm feeling a little, feeling a little something. something weird. You threw up on stage. It was in, a, front in, of her? in the practice, in the practice room with the mirrors and stuff. Yeah. Was, yeah. You know what? She wasn't the one. It's bad. She wasn't the one. Uh, <laughs> all right, you guys. Uh, again, we have a Geno Smith's press conference at 1030. So about 20 minutes from now. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit of Pac-12. Obviously, X's and O's four down territory. Geno Smith joining us at 1130. We got uh, a great Mariners conversation interview coming your way uh, later in the show. And uh, headline rewrites coming up next. Headline rewrites. We must make headlines. The real story behind the headlines in today's news with Bob and Stacy. I'm still upset at the number of people who think extra, extra is me. <laughs> it's not? <laughs> no. News to me. Headline number one, the big story last night was the news that Sean Kemp was arrested in connection with a drive-by shooting that took place at the Tacoma Mall on Wednesday. No one was hurt in the incident. What is the real headline? Look. Shooter shoot. Oh. oh, no. Now, I would not say this if anyone was hurt. Thankfully, no one is hurt. Also, there are a couple conflicting stories about what happened. I am not giving any official story. I am saying one of those, which was this from Fox 13, Curtis? Yeah, you know? David Rose with Fox 13. And he's the one that said that there was the uh, stolen property that, uh, that Sean Kemp tracked and that he was shooting in self-defense when someone shot at him that he tracked his stuff to, right? Something like that? Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. <clears throat> the If you saw the video before, it was deleted. The funny part, not funny, it's just the police are rolling up and Sean Kemp is trying to point to the guy leaving like, no, he did it. When you when you are like 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, they're pulling up on you first regardless of any of that happened. And then you just mentioned, you knew that was Sean Kemp without seeing his face, the way he yeah. walked, his body. That's definitely Sean Kemp. I hope this is true. I hope he was retrieving something that was stolen yeah. from him and he's not in the wrong because he's like, yeah, dis- dispensaries popping up. He was... Looking like he was doing some good things in the community. I know. And then, He's so loved in the community, too. I'm going to, we'll wait to get all the details from this one. I will say about this obviously, uh, do not use firearms in, in public. Like, I'm, please, please don't. But uh, I will say this <clears throat> it was at, I believe, the Tacoma Mall in the parking lot. And based on where it was, I wondered if it was in front of that Target. And Sean Kemp is wearing a red vest. And I don't know why I thought, like, imagine pulling up, seeing someone outside of a Target in a red vest, you know, like with a gun. You're like, man, this Target is crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Thinking it's one of their employees. Like, what's going on? Just, man, it's just, you know, you wouldn't think you'd see it in front of like a a Bed Bath & Beyond. But here we are. Um, Thankfully, 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 because it's not... It's not a joking matter. Thankfully, everyone is okay. Yep. And uh, we're awaiting more details on this story. Headline rewrites. Headline number two, Utah basketball eliminated it from the Pac-12 tournament yesterday following their first round loss to Colorado. What's the real headline? Does anyone have a spare $6 million they'd like to part with? Just Does anyone have? You just check your pockets, check your couch. Anyone, maybe uh, just have even $1 million if six out. of us, If six of us can get $1 million, then we can cover or it. Or if 6 million people can donate a dollar. That's a good That's way to think about easier. it. How many people are in the state of Washington? I mean, it's got to be at least six million, right? 
I, I signed a petition to not get the six million and leave the basketball program at UW the way it is. <laughs> Give you know? Mike Hopkins a lifetime deal. Stop it, Let both him of live. you. Let him live. Seven point seven million. I mean, hey, you take out the one point, however many million who uh, who don't want to donate, you still got some donations there. The messed up part, mess, messed up part about this situation is that when I came to Washington and UW sports were mentioned. It was with a lot of prestige, right? You can pick any sport and like, okay, they got a good program over there, especially with basketball, with Nate Robinson when I was coming up, all these other names I'd gone through. It's kind of sad to see the program where it is right now because that's not the way I remember it. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, my Cougs are doing well, so I can't be too sad about it. Your Cougs are doing well. In fact, a reminder for you guys, uh, Cougs play-by-play is immediately following us. In fact, we have a hard out. I'm not looking forward to it. But we will take you to that (laughs) game. It'll start with the pregame show and then is tip off at uh, 2.30 as well again? Yeah. yeah. So that's immediately following us. So stick around. you got a big day of sports here. Headline rewrites. Headline number three, Jim Beheim was forced out as head coach at Syracuse after 47 years on the job. I think you mean retired. Uh, he was forced out. <laughs> uh, they've already named his successor, though. A- assistant Adrian Autry will take over with the program. What's the real well, headline? Well, looks like there's no getting out of that $6 million for you, Dub. Mm. I know there was the hope that, well, maybe Hopkins takes the job vacated, uh, you know, by a former mentor. And, you know, that's where he came from. Maybe he'd love that job. And obviously, if that happens, then you don't have that buyout. But uh, that was not the case. Hasn't been great for Jim the past few years over there in uh, Syracuse, but what, 47 seasons on and 46 winning seasons. Only one time he didn't have a winning season. Um, 2003, he won the national championship with Melo. It was a heck of a run, but from the uh, Syracuse alum that I know, mm-hmm. I know um, a bunch of them, they're ready for him to go. Yeah. It's time to step in. Then you listen to his uh, post-game conference. He's getting forced out of there. He was saying, look, it's not up to me. He was dancing around the question. Mm-hmm. Is he retiring? Is mm-hmm. he not retiring? This uh, this young lady was pressing him, and, and he was just saying, look, it's not up to me. It's time to go to 47 of them things. Goodness gracious. It's insane. I'm trying to find the transcript. It was kind of weird of, you're right, of like him dodging the questions. And it ended up being like, oh, he's retired, and that's what happened here it was. Okay, so uh, this is the exchange. One sentence, question. Are you saying right now you're going to retire? Jim, this is up to the university. Question. You want to come back? Jim, I didn't say that. So you're you're not saying you're retiring. Jim, I just said it. I don't know. Question. So you don't know? I said this is up to the university. Question. Uh, how will you make a determination about when you'll come back? Jim, you're talking to the wrong guy. Like, it's such a weird, like, back and forth kind of thing. Uh, I saw that and I thought it was fake because it was from uh, Barstool Big Cat. And I was like, oh, that's a funny joke. Nope. Real exchange. All right. Uh, there's a. Jason Stark, who's a baseball writer for The Athletic, I think he went to Syracuse, as did like every media oh, member. God, I didn't know Syracuse was such a huge deal uh, until everyone in sports media was like, oh, Cuse. He said, I once asked him how he convinced so many great players to go <laughs> to Syracuse. Beheim replied, I'm so tired of you media guys asking why these players go to Syracuse when all you media guys went to Syracuse. <laughs> like, <Hey. laughs> Back fair, point. Yeah. fair point. Yeah, very fair point. Uh, all right, Geno Smith, Pete Carroll, and John Schneider speaking with reporters next. Don't go anywhere. Bumpin' Stacy.
powered through the Alaska Airlines Studios on Seattle Sports. Here are your hosts, Michael Bumpus and Stacy Rost. You can listen to us anytime and check back on the rest of the show if you miss it by subscribing to the Bump and Stacy podcast. That's wherever you get your podcast: Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, wherever. Please make sure you rate, review, subscribe, particularly if you use Apple Podcasts. It would mean a ton to both of us if you leave a review. Bump, this is the latest. Great show, great people. The vibes are immaculate. Five stars. Nice. I mean, we Keep it simple. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, vibe check on the show. Immaculate. In fact, vibe check on today's show, you guys. On point. On point. One of the greatest. I know. Uh, we are waiting. Curtis, you got your eyes on the, on the podium. Uh, and, uh, and he'll let me know when we can take you guys there live. So I may interrupt myself here. But uh, Gino Smith set to speak with reporters live from VMAC. Pete and John are going to join him, which is why we're streaming this one for you guys. So you are going to hear from Gino twice today. One is going to be with Pete and John at a news conference. And one is going to be kind of just a fun interview with us coming up at 1130. What are you going to ask Gino? What are you excited to learn from Gino? I'm not going to tell you what I'm going to ask him. Okay. Because I want it to be fresh. Okay. For, for sure. For sure. For, for sure. Gino. Like, what are you most curious about? I'm just curious about his emotions throughout the last maybe two or three years. Same. Because you go from, I'm just a backup here, to hearing about what's going on with Russell. I'm not going to ask about what he heard about no. Russell. But he sees it. He knows, okay, I might have an opportunity here mm-hmm. to where he's gone. Now you come into camp and you're competing with a uh, a Drew Locke, a younger fellow who came over with Denver. And just mentally, what was he going through during those times? Then obviously, what, what it was like being drafted and then sitting for a while. Mm-hmm. And then just getting here at 32 years old, you've, you've made it. Yep. And uh, you can provide for your family a way that you haven't been able to. So... That and then uh, uh, some specifics during the season, some throws that I just thought were amazing. So Mm -hmm. try to see where he's at. Very excited to hear your questions, What are are you going to ask? Well, I am very curious about the mindset. So I'm really curious about the, uh, like, psychology of athletes because I— uh, really struggle with that sometimes, uh, like a normal person, like any normal person, particularly if you don't have a long history of having anything public facing like bump, you've been in the spotlight as like a top recruit as a college athlete for a long time. I'm like very recently had to deal with any kind of public criticism. So for me, it's fascinating to know how people are able to power through struggle. Mm-hmm. And so that to me is, is I can't wait to talk to him about It's just like, you know, as honest as you can be, like, what were those six years like, right? Like there had to be low points. There had to be moments where you thought like, I think I'm done or maybe not. Like, and I'm I'm just very curious to hear what it was like to be like, you know, I, what if I never get out of this? Also conversely bump, I don't know how to ask, but I'm curious to know how he'd feel about another quarterback uh, either being drafted or signed to back him up because suddenly the roles are changed. You've been a backup. Does that make you think about the backup job differently? Uh, but that'd be extremely interesting to get that one out of him. He's the only quarterback on the roster right now. He's going to have to. I mean, he's I'm sure him and Pete and Schneider have had these conversations to where this is how we foresee the next two or three years with you. Mm-hmm. And this is what the organization has to do to prepare for your departure or if things don't work out. Gino's been around the block enough to know this is the business. So that would be a great um, question, Stacy. If, uh, Thanks, if we can get that out of I get that point. That would be a great question. I didn't say but it was. So it's not a great it's, question. It's it hypothetically would be a good question. Good. I don't get that point. You don't get that. <sighs> Fine. Uh, <laughs> I, I uh, am uh, hoping to learn a bit more, uh, not just about his offseason prep, but 
I think that there's room for the offense as a whole to take a big step forward in 2023 bump. You've got yet another year for Shane Waldron. And you talked about this in your email, so I don't want to spoil it because uh, I know we're going to get to some stuff uh, later in the show, too, uh, that you want to touch on. But it, there is something to be said for even if you're familiar with a playbook, starting as a starter with that playbook. Yeah, it's it's nice. The only time I've had a consistent playbook was probably in college. Yeah. After my freshman year, it's a wrap. I know this playbook in and out. Even if you add things, you know the language, mm-hmm. you, you get the, the bigger picture of things. So that's going to be an advantage for Gino. This will be his third season with Shane Waldron, second as a starter. And now Shane can just start adding stuff to the language of the playbook. You know, you have your base plays and then you add some wrinkles and there'll be less teaching for Gino. Be more teaching for the next quarterback that comes in if it's not Drew Locke. But once you have a guy you're familiar with, um, you start thinking the same way. Mm-hmm. You start seeing the game the same way. Sometimes you come to the table after watching film and you got the same ideas. So I'm excited for Gino to be in that position to say, look, this is my second year starting with this guy, and I'm coming off a Pro Bowl season. He trusts me. I trust him. Man, let's make some magic. Can I ask you a question? Part of what won Gino the starting job wasn't just physically what he could do, but that he had a very firm grasp and understanding on the playbook, I think, ahead of Drew Locke. And and that's not a secret. Pete would mention that in a very tactful way during press conferences. Mm -hmm. How hard is it to learn a playbook? It uh, depends on who you are. Okay. I, there like, was, tell me about the process. Uh, the process is, one, you got to learn your spot. And as a quarterback, you got to learn everybody's spot. Mm. Your, your main thing is that learn protection so you can protect yourself when throwing the football. Um, running the Learning the run plays is probably the easier part for a quarterback. It's just footwork and mesh points. Um, as a receiver on the outside, you just learn your spot first. Okay, what is my job on every single play? And once you understand what to listen to when the play is being called as well, because a quarterback is going to get up there, man, he's going to go trip right, we're going to blast the deuce left, we got Fresno, um, Louisiana, Denver X something. So I just said a lot, you're listening for your piece of that, yeah. that sentence and that's all that to matters. start. That's all that matters at first. And then you start to expand. Okay, but what does the receiver have outside of me? How can I make adjustments so I'm not jacking his route up? Which way is the running back going? In the slot, I always wanted to know which way the running back was going because I knew the linebackers would flow that way a little bit, allow me to work some space. So it all, it all depends on who you are and what position you play. But, I mean, quarterback is the hardest hardest position to learn. Yeah, you have to because. learn you know, every single person's yeah. role. Mm-hmm. I, I asked initially about quarterback, but branching off into the wide receiver conversation, for a wide receiver like DK Metcalf, who's, uh, you know, four years plus, into the league I know you got that extension year four Uh, when do you think some guys like he's a smart dude he's very involved when do you think some guys graduate from I'm just learning my role to hey as a wide receiver as a skill position player who only needs to know one thing to start I'm now graduating to understanding everyone's role and what does that do for you everyone's different Everyone's different. There's some guys I knew who would come in and just know the playbook like that, pick it up, know what everyone's doing, boom, you're good to go. And in the NFL, you're starting to see receivers come in more mature when it comes to being a receiver because they have access to a whole bunch of information. Mm -hmm. 7-on-7 is huge. They got reps. I would say I was a a four-star coming out of high school. The same dude that is built like me, went to school like me and all that stuff, probably has – a thousand more snaps than I have going to college because seven on seven wasn't as big as it is now. Um, so it's, um, I always say for the NFL dude, they typically take some like two to three years. Mm-hmm. Now I'm saying with these young guys, one to two years, just because they have so many reps in the game already. It's so interesting how that conversation about receivers has changed because when we would talk, it wasn't just DS Gridge. Do you, Curtis, do you remember when there was a, there was a receiver who was here? Was it David Moore? No, he was a, 
it, I want to say it was like an earlier round pick where the entire conversation was like, oh, he's just got to figure out the playbook and then he could be really great. And the narrative became, well, wide receivers, it can take a while. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I know that was an issue with John Ursula. Yeah. Maybe that's who I'm thinking um, of. Maybe Amara Darbo, too. Yeah. I those know are two guys that were. I know picks. David Moore talked about it, but all those guys are either seventh, like late picks or undrafted guys. Darbo was a third rounder. Darbo was a third rounder. Maybe Darbo is who I'm thinking of. But um, it's just so interesting how that used to be a narrative that I just believed, right? Because mm-hmm. I would hear people, like I would hear it from football players and think like, okay, well, hey, I mean, what do I know? It's true for some guys. It, it is. Sure. It is. But it's interesting how I think the idea of receivers just being pro-ready has been slightly more recent. And I wonder if there's an evolution of college football that's behind that. It depends on what system you come from. Yeah. Right? What's the knock on Wazoo? You're not running a pro-style offense, right. so we don't know how they're going to perform. Then you look at, say, Michael Penix over there with UW, more pro-style, under-center type stuff, play action. He'll be he'll be more equipped going to the NFL uh, to run a pro-style, pro-style type offense. But um, everybody's different, man. And the reason why these guys, and, and you're right, I think it's a recent development. Mm-hmm. I think it's the Justin Jefferson's. Yeah, and beyond. Jamar Chase was a yeah, huge Jamar part of that, Chase. too. I mean, we're seeing rookies. Even CeeDee Lamb hit the scene. Yeah. I'm um, ready to go. But it's all Phil. And if you are fast, that's going to help you because the main thing you got to adjust are guys can run. Linebackers can run. Um, safeties are flying everywhere. So just the feel of the game. If you can come in fast and you're thinking fast already and understand the playbook, that's when it starts to slow down for you. So, yeah, these receivers, man, they're uh, they're more equipped, ready to go. Getting back to my initial question, by the way, we're waiting to uh, see the start of Geno Smith's press conference. He'll be there with Pete and John uh, running a little bit late. So if we are going to literally interrupt the show and take you guys there live once we see them. So just hang tight. Um, back to the initial question. What does it mean for Geno in year two of being a starter? Like how do you I know you're on the outside looking in. You know this team and Geno very well, but none of us are in Geno's brain. What? What does it mean for him to have, okay, I knew this offense well because I always had to be ready, but now I'm in year two as a starter with this offense. Like, what kind of things click? What kind of things change? What kind of autonomy do you take? Uh, You know how to get in and out of stuff quicker. Um, You know how to communicate things faster. You know how to manipulate a defense once you line up to line of scrimmage and and how to communicate with your guys. You're able to make adjustments with your linemen and with your, your skilled players faster. You can see things faster. You can point things out to the guys on the outside. Um, it's, it's just, you know what, it, it's like being familiar, you know, when you're in like a foreign, not a foreign place, but in a neighborhood you haven't been in. Sure. And you are relying on the GPS. Yeah. Hey, 300 feet right here, 200 feet left there. And then at some point, once you get familiar with the neighborhood, you're just driving. Like you're not, you're thinking about 10 You don't even things. realize how you got there. Right. The other day, I, <laughs> the other day, there's like three different ways I take home depending on traffic. And the other day, I literally thought to myself, how did I end up on this street? And I didn't even realize, it's, it, you're paying attention when you're driving, but you're, you're on autopilot. Yeah. So not necessarily saying Gino's walking up to the line of scrimmage and he's just blanking out thinking about what he's going to do after the game. But he, it's not, he's not relying on yeah. certain things anymore. He's feeling it. He's seeing it. And that allows him to get other guys in position too. He, you know, so it's, um, it's all familiarity, man. And then he did that last year. First time being a starter. It's different when you're backing up. When you're backing up Russell Wilson, you're sitting there. You get to see him do it first. You get to hear his corrections if he is being corrected. And then you can go out there and do it. You always have somebody to kind of make the mistakes for you. Yeah. That was all him. It's just interesting because 
I know that sometimes, you know, we very fairly talk about Gino's second half, particularly those last seven weeks. And, and some of those games were, were just not good, right? There were turnovers yeah. that should have happened, interceptions that should have happened. Like that 11 interception total could have been higher uh, in those final seven weeks, especially. Um, so as much as there's room for, you know, hey, could there be uh, mistakes? Could there be this kind of fall to earth? There could also be room for improvement. And I feel like a fair conversation looks at both angles of that, right? And says like, hey, yeah. there's a world where Gino's even better. Like there is a world where the offense is even better. There is a world. There's a world where maybe he throws three more touchdowns and four less picks. Sure. You know, there's a there's a world where maybe his uh, conversions on third down is better than it was last year. There's always room for improvement. It, as soon as you start thinking you have the game all figured out, then you're done. You're done growing as a human. You're done growing as an athlete. I don't think that's where Gino is right now. Um, yeah, if there's something that I can point out to Gino that I would, even though you know I'm not, I'm no, I'm no quarterback coach. Uh, it's just what everyone sees. It's taking care of the football yeah. a bit more, not feeling like you have to win the football games. There's moments where he has to win a game, but at times last year there was a couple moments in the second or third quarter where you're like, oh, you don't need a force that pass. You got some time or yeah. just, just live to fight another day. Eat this one on third down, put the ball on the foot. Let's play the field position game. And he knows that he, he's watched the film and, and broken down all the numbers. Can I ask a petty question? Why not? Can you think of an example of an athlete where based on, you know, kind of your own analysis of them, you were like, I think they stopped either taking criticism or learning or they, or they just thought that they got it. And then they stopped improving. Easy. I know. Guys in Denver right now. Yeah, because I think that's kind of what I was thinking, and I was like, I don't want to call him out, but I think that that happens to players who accomplish a lot. Mm -hmm. So it's not unique to Wilson. I think when players accomplish a lot, you start thinking, I've got it. All of us do that. You do that with anything. Like, um, you know, there are times when I'll be like, you know, like radio formatics. So I've got this and then I'll mess something up. And that's a really stupid example. But what I mean to say is it's not unique to Wilson, nor is it unique to football. It just happens in front of millions of people. Yeah. You have success at something at a high level. You, you feel pretty good about it. You don't do all the little things anymore. You know, maybe you skip a, a step in your preparation. Then you skip another step in your preparation. And it starts to show up later. Oh, um, no, that's a, uh, that's important is that, um, that that's what's great about football is that the film don't lie. Neither man. The film does not lie. When I was a head coach, I'd ask a kid, what'd you do right there? I, I know what I saw. What'd you do right there? Oh, coach, I saw this in the third. I go, are you sure that's what happened? Yeah, I'm positive that's what happened. I go, the eye in the sky don't lie. If you turn on the film, watch what happens. You get corrected, and you make those adjustments. Um, that's what football is all about, especially at the QB spot. If you can't make adjustments in the game, on the field, in real time, then uh, you're going to struggle. Uh, Gino right now is still signing a lot of paperwork. A lot of paperwork. So, uh, Maybe DocuSign. Yeah. Can, so, you know, speed yeah. up the process. So, so that you guys know, here's the deal. Uh, we are going to uh, hit break at uh, about 54 after. So, no matter what, we're sticking around. We're keeping an eye on that podium. Uh, when we get back, if there's like newsworthy things from this or if we need to jump in and, you know, that there's some uh, something important from Carol and John, then we'll do that at 11. So, so that you guys know, we. We are keeping an eye on this thing, and uh, and and we'll jump back in if needed. Hey, Gino, let's come on. I can't say hurry it up because he's being nice <laughs> enough to join us at eleven thirty, like right after this. He's so. enjoying the moment. I this know is big for him. this is, but that's the thing. It's like, man. However, you feel about Gino, this is someone who not only tripled his career earnings in one year, potentially with some of those bonuses, but also you spent six years. Like, think of if you were. F- 
struggling with your job or not succeeding or not doing what you thought you would after three years, half the time you spent doing it. Some of us will be like, I'm done. I'm just going to find something else. Yeah, it challenges you, man. It challenges you, especially when uh, it's performance based. and You're not getting a chance to perform either. You're just backing up guys, backing up Phillip Rivers, backing up Eli, mm-hmm. backing up Russell. And you feel like if just given a chance, I can go out there and do my thing. And you never really get that chance. And in Geno's case, like five, six seasons or something like that before he got a, he got on the field and got a chance to do it. But it, it forces you to, to evaluate and see how disciplined you can be. Grandma said, stay ready. She ain't got to get ready. Gino <laughs> had to stay ready for years. And he got his opportunity. He was ready to go. Yeah, exactly. And he didn't have to get ready. Didn't have to get ready. Because he was ready. He stayed ready. Do you think he's going to drop any bars with his interview with us? Uh, I, I don't know. It depends on us. We got to ask the right questions. <sighs> if we ask the right questions, he might. Like, I don't want to put him on the spot and make him do it. Because it's like, if your friends were like, nah. oh, you can sing? Sing something for no, us. don't do that. I'm going to do it. No, I'm <laughs> not going to. I would that. never do that. I would never embarrass us, Bump. What are you talking about? I only represent our show in the best way. I believe. You know? I believe you got us. I yeah. believe. Go Cougs. I've always said that. I've always said that. I've been told, by the way, other people have run into what I have, which is sometimes you say go dogs and someone's like, what? <laughs> what, are you, what are you talking about? Someone said that he was in Alaska and he passed by this girl and said go dogs and she looked very confused because she was wearing Huskies gear. But Well, know? that that just tells you about your fan base. Excuse you. That you guys aren't really <laughs> emotionally invested. You just get it because, oh, yeah, I grew up in Everett. False. Go ahead and, and get False. a UW sweater. False. No connection to False. the program at There's all. There's just a lot of people who went there. And sometimes <laughs> you run into people that are like, you know, they just, they're just, you just caught off guard. Caught off guard. Yeah, it's not a small college town. You know what I mean? It's a big city, it's a big metropolitan area. You really never know. I feel like Curtis is laughing at me back there. You're judging me. No, it was a joke that. Taylor had. Oh, he's a <laughs> Not kid, so I'm sure it was. Oh, okay. But, uh, <laughs> Why don't we hey, keep that in the control room? Do we uh, We want to go to Gino? We sure do. Let's go. Right? This is awesome. Great celebration. Uh, again, thank you. I want to thank everyone for coming. Uh, first and foremost, I want to thank uh, Jody Allen uh, for her uh, unwavering support, uh, wisdom, um, you know, trust in, in our processes here. Uh, you know, I want to thank everybody in the building. It's pretty cool to see everybody out here. Uh, everybody in the building, uh, Chuck Arnold and, 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 and Pete and I want to thank everybody in this building for everything you do every day, uh, supporting our, our, our players and, and, our, and the coaching staff and everything we can do to help, you know, all the players be the best they could possibly be. Uh, obviously, Gino is a great example of that. Uh, I want to thank Chaffee Fields, uh, uh, where he's in the back hiding out. Okay, yep. So uh, scouted Chaffee coming out of Penn State, awesome wide receiver, uh, and scouted him in the pros. But uh, nothing but professionalism uh, throughout this negotiation. Uh, negotiations always can have their own twists and turns and stories, and, you know, there can be hurt feelings along the way. I have to say uh, Chaffee, Kevin, uh, Matt Thomas, uh, everybody, I thought everybody did a great job and, and was really – I was really pleased that nothing was in the media or nothing got sideways. I mean, take that the right way, uh, media. Uh, but uh, that nothing got sideways. And, and, you know, it was a collaborative effort. Everybody knew we were, everything was above the table. We knew where we wanted to go. Uh, we had great conversations, long conversations. But I want to thank, again, I want to thank Chaffee for his uh, professionalism. Um, the coaching staff here uh, for being a great uh, developmental coaching staff. 
you know, Shane and his group. Obviously, Dave Canales is in Tampa now, but uh, amazing, amazing coach, amazing person. And then obviously, Coach Carroll, uh, you know, you guys hear me say all the time, um, this gentleman has an innate ability and still confidence in people, and it's it's amazing to uh, to work with. Uh, amazing, and I'm blessed to be able to work with somebody like that every day. And then I want to thank Gino. Uh, I want to thank Gino for, um, you know, this is the ultimate team sport. Everybody knows that. We talk about it all the time. And, uh, you know, Gino, what he what he did last year, I want to let you know, like, what an, and I know you know this, but what an inspiration you've been to men, women, young, old, all around the country about faith, pers- you know, lessons about faith, perseverance, work ethic, um, being a good person, man. Uh, watching you last year was was awesome, and I know you're super excited about the future. And um, yeah, just so thank you to you, and uh, thank you for working with us yes, and the team you put together to, to to work with us. So with that, I'd like to turn it over to Coach Carroll. Yeah, it's a great great day for us, and uh, Gino and all of us have had so much fun getting to this point. There was a lot of years when Gino had to sit there waiting, and uh, the story that that has been unveiled about believing in yourself and confidence and trust and, and never giving up um, is just it's a vivid illustration for G and, and it's been so much fun to, to see this happen uh, he always knew we just had to let it out you know that was what, what you did you know you always knew that you could do this and it's why when it happened and the opportunity was there and you take over the reins of it you handled it so so flawlessly and and uh we're we're we was grateful just to watch it happen and it was, it was a blast we need to win a couple more games we know that and need to do a little bit better but we but we still did a lot and you accomplished a tremendous amount i think that the job really again johnny that you know you and, and matt uh, thomas and, and with chaffee and, and kevin their, their guys was really really well done and and uh the high level of the communication, the really the quickness that you were able to get it done so we could be done before free agency and all of that is, is just a, a real asset to us. So it's a great message. Awesome. Way to go, G. And uh, on we go. Well, uh, I'd like to uh, personally just, you know, thank God first and foremost. Um, without him, none of this is possible. You know, I'd like to thank uh, mom and dad just for instilling the confidence in me to always be myself, um, just to always go out there and be myself, have fun. Um, just my entire support system. A big thank you to Jody Allen um, just for the opportunity to be a part of this franchise and uh, to lead this franchise. Huge thank you, um, you know, to Coach Carroll, uh, to you, and um, just, just making sure that, you know, everything that we've done here has been a part of developmental, um, helping me get better as a quarterback, helping me be a better player, a better man. And I think this season was an example of that. And, uh, John, I just want to continue to thank you for just giving me chances to prove myself because that's truly all I ever needed, man. That's all I ever needed. And um, I'd like to thank uh, Chaffee, um, Kevin, just everyone uh, for – uh, Matt Thomas for doing an extremely great job at um, you know hammering this thing out and uh, just getting me back to playing football. You know that's that's all I really want to do is play football and, and and be a great player. And I believe this franchise is second to none. Um, they they've helped me grow in so many aspects of my life uh, and my career. And I can only you know just be positive about the future and all the things that uh, we have in front of us. You know I don't we don't like to look too far ahead. We stay in the moment here, but. Uh, we have a bright, bright future, and I'm, I'm very pleased to be a part of that. Uh, and so, you know, for everyone sitting sitting in here and, um, you know, our coaches in the back, Shane, 
Uh, Dave's not here. You know, Andy, um, you know, Sanjay, just everybody, um, all of my teammates, the entire community, uh, which embraced me and gave me an opportunity to play here. Uh, it's just been special. And so I just want to continue it. Uh, I want to continue to make you guys proud, be the best that I can be on a daily basis, and, uh, and just continue to lead. Yeah. Yeah. Questions? Yeah, you obviously it's been a long road to get to this point. Now to be here sitting on the stage getting this contract, what's this mean to you from the opportunity last year to where you sit today? Uh, honestly, man, I just think about you know, improving, getting better as a player. You know, that's my job. That's my that's my job to be the best player that I can be for this team, be the best leader that I can be. Uh, obviously, you know, the contract is fulfilling, but I just love playing football. And so having another opportunity to go out there with my guys, my teammates, with these coaches, this organization uh, is all I can ask for. All right. Uh, more Gino coming up next. Don't go anywhere.